I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Mischief Makers, your one-stop shop for all things mischief. Join your host, Dave Hearn, as he finds out what makes mischief, well, mischief. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mischief Makers with me, Dave Hearn. Today, I am talking to the exceptionally talented, delectable <laughs> Lauren Shearing. Hello, Lauren. Oh, hi, everyone. Thanks. Thanks for that lovely intro. Oh, you're most welcome. My first question, actually, is I've just realized, I don't know what delectable means. What does it mean? Um, is it sort of like delicious? Yeah, Tasty. I thought you, you referred to like food as delectable. Yeah, I think people can be delectable. I delectable. think it's a, it's a lovely word, actually, isn't it? Delectable. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, delectable Lauren. So we had this has become quite niche. Started quite because quickly. Lauren's got a weird breathing thing that Lauren keeps <laughs> breathing into the mic. So hold it, Lauren, breathe out for me now. Breathe out like you would. <sighs> Yeah, it sounds fine, but occasionally you just get, it sounds like you're sort of quite windy. I like it though. So listen up for that, listeners. I'll Um, try to exhale quietly. So yeah, maybe like breathe in, talk, and then off mic, be like, and then come back. (gasps) Okay. Yeah, nice. (laughs) Great, Um, I've got it. So Lauren, you're a relatively new member to the Mischief family. Yes, indeed. And some of our fans may have seen you smutting it up on our screens over the the course of the Mischief Movie Night in this is, run. This is already slanderous. I was highly family friendly throughout. You with, will be uh, slandered. With a couple of small exceptions. One of the, one of the genuinely one of the questions from the, uh, like the audience was what does family friendly mean to you? And sure. I think it means nothing. <laughs> No, I would like to put forward the case that I was very family friendly. Um, you know, you had you had Nancy Zamet washing people's genitals. You had you had Josh. I mean, everything that Josh ever said. I think I was holding up the very family friendly end of the show. That is debatable, but we can debate that today in this <laughs> podcast, if you wish. Okay. Um, so the first section is called the getting to know you section, where we find okay. out a little bit about Lauren Shearing. So um, 
what I need you to do is because before when I started this, I didn't have any like jingles or anything. And I could have got some jingles, but I didn't. So could you just like improvise a little jingle, like a little <laughs> know you radio jingle, like a sort of three second sting? Yeah, yes, a hundred percent. All right, when you're ready. Um, okay. Uh, getting to know me, getting to know you, uh, our inner thoughts, our feelings, and the stuff we like to do. Yeah. Nice, nice. It was quite philosophical. Well, I, I went deep quite quickly. Yeah, sort of an existential getting to know you. Um, <laughs> is that not what this is? <laughs> it's very deep, yeah, yeah. It's like okay, a sort good. of Freudian nightmare, this podcast. Great. Um, so, right, so the first thing I've got is, why don't you just tell us a bit about where you grew up and how you got into the arts? Oh, what a lovely question. Oh, yeah. um, so I grew up in, in Buckinghamshire um, with my lovely mum and dad and my lovely big sister, and um they are very they're all very funny so my family really um crack me up so i think that was always really important kind of making making each other laugh making people laugh using humor in that way is kind of a, a big part of growing up for me we do we get on really well and we do crack each other up so um that was very nice you um, had a sort of comedy family yeah, just so my so my my dad is kind of like a practical joker and also just very funny. My mum is really funny and really good at kind of I guess doing that improv thing of um picking up and running with other people's kind of sense of humor and mm. uh yeah, me, my sister is hilarious. So yeah, I think probably humor was always always there. And then, you know, it was the classic route into the arts. 10 years old, Bugsy Malone at the Wickham Swan New Theatre in an inappropriate small gold spangly bikini, looking oh, up at the lights course. and thinking, this is fun. Um, Fat Sam's Grand Slam. You know, it's the standard way in, isn't it? Yeah, all the big ones. Do you know what? I never did Bugsy Malone. <gasps> Gosh, um, what did you do? I didn't start until I was about 17. So um, the first thing Slow I burn. did was Willie Russell's Stags and Hens. Um, okay, how was that? I it was I imagine quite poor, um, but it was <laughs> directed by a guy called uh, Paul Smith and another guy called Mike Fenderman. And Mike was like our teacher at the time, and he he's gone on to be a sort of fantastic theatre director, doing things with Shakespeare and the Globe and all that sort of stuff. Um, he was quite a harsh taskmaster, and Paul was Ooh. sort of up and coming. Uh, but he graduated and went to like university and is now I think he lives up in Hull somewhere up, up north and like runs a theatre so Paul's doing really well um go, go Paul but yeah it was uh it was Paul and then I did a lot of pantos so did you yeah. oh okay that makes sense what 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 sort of panto action was it well I started off as sort of townsperson one um, oh, the bit classic. Of dancing. Yeah, a couple of lines here and there. Uh, there was one when we did Dick Whittington, and the guy playing the King Rat had, it was quite a big production. It was like 400, 500 seat theatre. I think it was like one of the biggest amateur productions in the country. Um, and the guy playing King Rat got diarrhea. So I had <gasps> to go on as the King Rat and had this like huge mask over my face. I didn't know any of the lines. So the director stood in the wing with a script 
um, and a mic and a radio mic and said all of the lines. (laughs) And I was like an on stage kind of like puppeteer because you couldn't see my face. So you couldn't see who was talking. You were just Um, like a sort of meat stand in. Yeah, I just moved around the stage while this guy did the lines from the script and just did a bit of pointing and a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of business. And then there was some fighting at the end, but I was fighting for it. So I kind of knew the, the fight choreography. You're fighting in a massive mask where you can literally see about six inches of the floor. So it's, it's huge. Just, it was it was it was crazy. It was crazy time. That is, but and that's that your origin about story. Me, though. That's enough <laughs> about me, Lauren. We're here to talk about you. Sure, sure. So you did Bugsy Malone, you got into the arts. Bugsy Malone, loved yeah. I loved it. I loved I had a really wonderful youth theatre. Um there was a woman called Helen LeBrock, and she still works with um children and young people, I think, in um in Oxfordshire. Um, and she was just incredibly encouraging. And then she cast me in Little Shop of Horrors, nice. I think when I was about 14, um, as Audrey. So there was a blonde wig and all sorts of weird stuffing in various places. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and it was just, it was just brilliant. It was so, it was so much fun. Um, that then I think after university, then I sort of thought, oh, maybe I'll give drama school a go and see what happens and you know study the classics perhaps do Chekhov and Shakespeare and yeah, yeah. you know have a very very serious career <laughs> how serious <laughs> I think did it is, get? is you know really not serious at any no. point <laughs> um because I discovered yeah comedy and improv and thought well this is brilliant let's do more of this so how did you end up being in uh, in mischief movie night Oh, a great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, well, so improvisation is my my thing, my my big love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had seen, so I had seen Mischief when I, when it was Lights, Camera, Improvise um, at the Edinburgh Festival, I think, at the Pleasance. Mm-hmm. So that would have been, gosh, what would that have been? Twenty fifteen, maybe. Yeah, maybe even twenty. Um, well, it's when we did play that goes wrong there as well. Yeah. But I think, and I think you only, you did sort of three nights or something. It wasn't a run. Oh Um, yeah. So that would have been the year after that. Yeah. We did three nights mm. at the end of um, August. Yeah. In the beyond. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love the Pleasance. Um, So yeah. And new, new of you. And obviously I think kind of through being in Showstopper. So obviously knowing, uh, working with Adam who works with Mischief. uh, So there are all sorts of little promising connections. Um, and then, uh, yes, I think I got the call in December to come in and muck about with um, Nancy and Henry and Jonathan one afternoon um, when it was going to be at the Vaudeville. So before that mm. um, very sad Christmas lockdown. Yes, um, lovely tier four. Yes, uh, the dream. Um, yeah, so I think I always knew Mischief, had seen you, had met some of you. Um, knew that you were just uh, absolute goons um, mm-hmm. and loved you very dearly. Uh, and then, yeah, was absolutely delighted to be to be at the Vaudeville where we we had our beautiful week um, before things got shut down. And then, and then, obviously, the wheels were in motion to to take it online and see if doing improvisation into a silent black box of a room yeah. was something that we could all survive. And How did you uh, and find did. it, the, the kind of streaming zero audience business? Oh, I mean, at, at first, 
really missing the audience, of course, mm. because that's improvisation, isn't it? It's that beautiful joint discovery. You and the audience are discovering things at the same time. Uh, you're getting that feedback. You're getting into your rhythm. So not to have that. And do you remember we had <laughs> we had so much debate about sort of laughter tracks and yeah. what felt right and what felt weird and... And then I feel like maybe, I feel like for me, sort of from New Year's Eve onwards, something clicked and I thought, oh, wait, I think I'm starting to understand what this needs a mm. bit more, the specifics of of what this, of what this show needs. Do you um, mean the show in terms of like Mischief Movie Night or Mischief Movie Night as a streaming show? I think the latter, yeah, exactly. Mischief yeah. Movie Night as a... And I guess also, maybe also the former, because I was so <laughs> new to it anyway. So I guess I guess maybe a bit of both. Because I think yeah. it was... It felt like... We, I talked to John about this the other day, and it was just like a huge leap of faith. Massive, often, yeah. Because you just don't have any feedback from, from an audience in the room. Mm -hmm. And so it was just like, oh, I have no idea if I'm absolutely just <laughs> yes. destroying this show. And yes, Exactly. You sort of have to trust yourself quite a lot. Yeah, and it's really, it's really hard to do when you are used to that. You know, you go on, you you clown about, you get that first laugh and you have that that connection and that understanding and you think, oh, great, we're all kind of on the same page here. I think what was lovely, what I sort of noticed as the run went on was, I think as the crew became more comfortable with what they had to do as well, mm. So obviously for them, it was also a massive experiment. I feel like as they got more comfortable, they maybe enjoyed the shows a bit more. And so we had, eventually we had a sort of very small niche audience in the crew and you could sort of look up and see them giggling and laughing and maybe because technically they were much more comfortable and happy as things moved yeah. along. So eventually we did have a very wonderful small niche audience like that you could look people. up and yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and so um, with with doing mischief movie night obviously you um are i guess you specialize in improv mm. would, would that be fair to say that would be and that would be more than fair it would be just fair. it would be just you specialize yeah. you just specialize it's, in improv it's my jam and so how what yeah actually there's a better question coming up from someone online so I, I only want now. good questions Dave so this one okay so this is from me like so what is it about improv that you enjoy so much even oh. when it's sour you know to, to no audience <laughs> sour <laughs> that's such a I feel like that's a real mischief word I don't think I've heard people use that word until I started working with mischief <laughs> Oh, yeah, sour it, became became a real staple. I love it. And then it became a sort of verb to <laughs> to sour someone. Yeah. Um. I mean, I will never forget. Like, I think in TV, I think there was a uh, quite like a genuine, like legit argument between like I think like Nance and Henry Shields or someone. They were arguing about a joke or, or something like, and um, and I'll never forget. Like Nance used it like genuinely in an argument. She was like, "No, Shields, no, 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 because you you're you're just like souring me out with this now." <gasps> And wow. I, I just started laughing and she was like, what? And I was like, she was just souring you out. She was like, and then she <laughs> laughed and was like, yeah. 
and yeah, it, turns it can't out that's not be a, a serious word ever. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's got too much comedy potential, but I really like it. But you have the um, gradations of sour. I think it's sour, rancid, putrid. And, okay. Uh, oh, interesting. Kind of... I wasn't aware of the scale, so that is yeah. good to know. Things are very rarely putrid. Like you might just say, "Oh, performing to an audience—that's absolutely rancid." Yeah. Um, okay. But then, or you know, sour, putrid. Sour. Oh, yeah. I'd say, I'd say, yeah, maybe some initial sourness <laughs> to yeah, me, yeah. which we then overcame. Yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, what what is it about improv that you that you like, even when it is sour? <laughs> even at its most sour. Yeah. Um, I love, oh, I just love it. I love, I love that it's collaborative. I love that it celebrates failure and, and it's at its best when you have to embrace mistakes. So I'm, a, I'm a huge control freak in mm. my outside of improv life. Um, and you can't be a, you can't be a control freak in, in improv and I'm also I'm a perfectionist and you can't be that either you know it, all the things that kind of stop you from or stop me from being creative so wanting things to be right and perfect and controlled none of that can apply so in a way it's very freeing because mm. you, you you have to uh, that lovely improv phrase which I think Heather Urquhart um, introduced me to which is hold on tightly but let go lightly so you've nice. got your thing and you're out on stage but anything can happen in a, in the moment and you have to be able to kind of fold and and kind of beautifully let go of that and and be willing to change and so yeah I guess it's it's partly because in a way it is so different to my natural game of of being quite uptight about things um and also, yeah, I've always loved, I've always loved, yeah, the kind of picking up and running with brilliant people's brilliant ideas. I mean, improv has enabled me to work with so many incredible people and you get to say yes to what they suggest and you get to build on it. You get to have this idea of you bring a brick and I'll bring a brick and then together we we make this cathedral and... That's we'll never going to happen again. Exactly. It's very... <laughs> you bring a brick. I'll bring a brick. Brick-based. There will be two we'll, bricks. We'll out. then have two bricks <laughs> and the audience will just absolutely lose their shit. I um, think that's a, um, that is a that is a kind of classic mischief gag. If it was like a pause, it would just be like two people just do what it says on the tin. Yeah. As where I feel like you would go to build the cathedral. We're just like, no. <laughs> We're going to come out, shout, we have two yeah. bricks, blackout, job yeah. done. Harry would like throw a brick in my face and the scene yeah. is over. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's also what I loved about Mischief because the shows that I've been doing, I've been doing for a fair amount of time. So to come in and work on a completely new improv show with completely different improvisers who I'd never worked with before, for me again it's that lovely exercise in giving up control of, of of being like oh okay now I have to learn your language I have to think what is this show as a, in terms of a group mind and also who are you as individuals how can I you know fit into this how can I contribute to this it was really exciting to be able to do that 
Yeah, I think it must be quite fun to be able to, because I've never really done many other improv shows other than mm. the Improvathon. Um, oh yeah, intriguing. I did like eight hours within that. Yes, I. But I we crossed over. I think one, right? at some point. No, I've yeah. done. I have never done a full one because I. I get very paranoid and grumpy with no sleep, so it's not a great sure. format for me. That makes it. I do remember we crossed over. I think. Um, I think you started the whole thing about me smelling good. <laughs> I seem to remember. Yeah, sorry about that. But you no, just smelt so good. <laughs> it's not delicious. I was bringing much needed musk yeah. to, the, to the stage after Very sort of necessary. Hours. Very necessary. So Did we not would... then say that you were made of potpourri? Did that not yeah, become a made, huge character thing for I was, you? I was made of potpourri. And then eventually I um, I think I, I sort of like Ruth ended up being my mum or something. And she was like, You'd... no, that was it. My dad. My dad was a potpourri bowl. Yes. Potpourri. And that's yeah. why I smelled so good. So I had the human qualities of my mum, but the yes. sort of um, smelling of my father, <laughs> the smell. And thus the magic of improv is is revealed. <laughs> there you go. And actually, that's an interesting question, I suppose, because like, as an audience member who wasn't there and is listening to that, might just be like, well, that sounds fun. Or they might just yeah. be like, well, I don't give a shit, talk about something else, because I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I wonder, like, I, my question actually about the Improvathon but also probably for you in terms of improv in general, do you think improv is actually more appealing to the the improviser, to the actor, rather than to the audience? Um, I think I would say if it was being done well, then then it's then the magic of it is is that you are in it together. And is that the audience is is really important, um, you know, not just in terms of the suggestions, but just that whole, just the whole vibe of an improv show and, and the excitement of we're all here together and this will never happen again. And you and the people on stage are making it what it is, if that makes sense. So actually, yeah. I think, I think... I think I think improvathons are 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 completely different and I think sort of exist on their own in this amazing unique space where you have people who buy tickets for the whole 50 hours and they come with mm. sleeping bags and flasks and and that's and that's really amazing so I guess it's just sort of what do you want to get out of it are you that person who's like, I want to be here for the whole 50 hours and I will know all the jokes and I will be part of it? Or are you kind of dipping into it? Um, but yeah, they are, for me, I I can't, I don't think I could ever do the full 50 hours, mm. but I think it's incredible Like to watch people who are doing that is quite amazing. Um but it's just not something that I could ever physically do. I get so, I mean, ask any member of my family. <laughs> I just, not sleeping is not, is not an option for me. You should become livid. Um, yeah, exactly. Very sour, very rancid. Um, so yeah, no, I think, I think it's like, maybe it's like any art form it can, can sometimes tip over into the self-indulgent if not, if not done well. Right. Mm. Um, the sort of acting with your eyes closed scenario. But yeah. I think the amazing thing about improv is actually it's really dependent on on audiences and getting that feedback. And with movie night, 
it was so amazing the sort of online love we got for it wasn't it so yeah in a way I find that I don't really engage with social media that much Mm -hmm. um but I found that it was the only way of getting any kind of feedback of how the show's gone see if you can seeing if you're on the right track because you just have no idea of how it translates and I suppose we got to watch them back as well which was quite helpful because you sort of learn to kind of adjust the style in a way yeah I think exactly that and 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 sort of looking over at the Zoom audience and having those lovely moments where you weren't on stage, but the people on stage were being hilarious. And you could look over at the Zoom audience and you would see them all sort of rocking back and forward, <laughs> laughing in unison <laughs> at, at something ridiculous that was happening on stage. So I guess that was it. It was really scary at the beginning to think, oh gosh, will this work and how are we going to do it? And then just a really amazing example I think of adapting it to this whole new way of working and thinking oh wait a minute maybe this does work yeah exactly the Um, new normal so I think because I've what I've been doing is I've sort of had a few questions in my head that I've wanted to kind of continue asking but it most of them are actually questions that people from the internet have asked so I'm gonna love people from the internet holding back a bit actually so i'm just going to move it into the next section mate let loose um, which is if questions you can't, from the web if you can't do it on a podcast with me when can you do it exactly so w- but what i need is is another jingle oh no <laughs> i need questions from the web jingle because your first one went so well um, sure i think that we should <sighs> we should we should double down and go for questions Great. from the web jingle okay so when you're ready. Um, uh, what do you get? What do you get when you ask questions on the internet? Let's see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like a non-rhyming coda just at the end there. Always. Always. Just, that is my signature move. And let's see. <laughs> just add something really disappointing on the end of any improvised song or jingle. And you'll get away That's with it. That's my thing. Yeah. I think that's Harry Kershaw's thing, isn't it? It's just oh, like, mate. do something loud and confident. <laughs> and then Harry went through this phase of doing lists for ages, where he'd be like, you are more beautiful than, and then cue list of three things, but the last wow. one would always be ridiculous. Wow. And he just, he, he just could not break the programming of doing that. I think um, that's, but that's quite amazing, isn't it? What you say about he would just really commit to it because that is the secret of improv and maybe you know especially with Harry and all the love he got for those um wonderful things he did like putting his trousers in the cabinet it's Mm. it's commitment if that song had been hesitant everybody would have been shocked and appalled but if you commit to something a hundred percent in that way that is that is the magic of improv just absolutely commit to it has a brilliant ability to judge himself, hold himself to a very high standard, but then mm. never achieve that standard. <laughs> and so I think particularly with Harry, like when he came on and he was just like, oh, I'm a filing cabinet. Yeah. And I saw the look in his eyes and I've known him now for 13 years. I was like, oh, there is genuine, a genuine part of Harry that doesn't want to do this. Oh. And like there's a genuine part of him that's like, that, that I where I think the comedy is is because it's like he knows it's really low status and degrading. Yeah. Also, I think the brilliance of Harry is is that he's intelligent enough to go, 
because I actually don't want to do this, I'm the person who should be doing it because yeah. it would be funny. I think that's it, isn't it? And knowing that comedy loves a loser. <laughs> so just yeah. absolutely embracing Jeffrey Giles. I lost my Giles. shit at that song. Oh, God, Mate. it was so good. There were a lot of moments over the over Mischief Movie Night in where I totally lost it. And those are my favourites. Well, we'll come to those because I know you have a diagram which we will discuss. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> there is no. There will be. Uh, we'll, I deny we'll, we'll, this. Spider, I deny spider everything. Diagram. No. Um, but the, well, the first question here actually yes. is something we nearly touched on earlier. It's from Bethany Watson. Uh, Hello, Watson? Bethany Watson. Weston. 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 Hello, Bethany yeah. Weston. I don't know who Bethany Watson is, but, you know, Weston, great. Um, she asks, with Mischief, Showstopper, and Ostentatious, uh, do you use similar improv skills for all of them, or do you adapt to each one? Oh, what a great question. Yeah, I thought I'd lead off um, with that. It's a good one to start with. Yes, I love that question. Do we use different improv skills? So I think, what, I think that's really interesting. I think the foundations are always the same. So the beautiful, lovely foundations and guidelines of improvisation. So the the listening that is absolutely essential, this, this idea of kind of hyper listening, of listening to understand rather than listening to respond mm. is a really good kind of foundation of improv and the just the and the willingness to change and be changed. That has to be there for for all of these shows, especially the ones so Showstopper in Austin, obviously, and Mischief Movie Night, you know, it's narrative. So it has to have emotional connection and ups and downs. So there are definitely things that apply across the board, I would say. Mm. Um, and then there are things that are completely different uh, in a really joyful way. So again, I guess sort of, again, yeah, talking about kind of learning that different language of each of, of the shows and just, I guess, knowing or sort of trying to anticipate what your audience are there for, you know, so with Showstopper, it, it's that idea that it's an improvised musical. So they're there for the story. They're also there for wanting you to jump through those hoops of getting the genres and doing great rhymes, great songs, great styles, all that sort of stuff. Then with Austin, it's you've got the Regency boxes that they want you to tick and... Mm. and how much fun you can have deviating from that Regency style. So kind of having anachronisms and that kind of stuff. How and much then, you can kind of break the genre a bit. Yeah, exactly, which is very fun to do. Um, and Austin, Austin is, you know, by its very nature more, it is quite wordy, you know, that, and that's what I love about Ostentatious is they are, they are they are so clever they are all so wonderful mm. such wonderful improvisers and so that i just for a lot of my early austin shows just stood on the side watching them be wonderful just thinking oh my goodness these these improvisers are incredible and then realize i was in the show and i should probably come on as some sort of maid <laughs> do something silly come on as a, as a rock or a chair <laughs> i mean that's dave Hearn territory Coming on yeah. as a as a mahogany table. I do good furniture. What can I say, mate? You you give good table. This is very true. Um, yeah, so I'd say I'd say that the lovely improv foundations are the are the same. You can that can be your improv passport. If you've got those things, you you should be able to to happily exist in any improv format. And then mm. you learn 
you know, it's an improv show, but what coat is it wearing? So this, so this is an improv show and it's wearing the coat of Mischief Movie Night. So it's going to be hilarious and it's going to be quite anarchic in, at points and it's going to be very joyful. Um, yeah. Unless, of course, it's sour. Unless, <laughs> which yeah. Is, well, which I think never happens, so it's fine. The, the kind of joy of Mischief is that I think it caters to like a quite a broad spectrum of improviser. Mm. I actually think a lot of a lot of improvisers can come from showstoppers or ostentatious and come into mischief, but I don't necessarily mm. think it's the other way around. Cause like, for example, if I were to go into showstopper, like I don't have a strong enough singing voice and I don't have enough knowledge of musicals. If you just needed me to kind of improvise within a story and be funny, mm. um, I could probably do that. But then I don't know enough about ostentatious and enough about Jane Austen books and um, all that kind of yeah. stuff. And so yeah, is where I think mischief just kind of caters for everyone in a way because you can be really mm. wordy and smart and come in, um, or you can just be like fast and loud or sort of <laughs> quiet and subtle. It, we kind of it, it's a nice kind of sort of blank canvas to paint yeah. whatever you want on, which I quite enjoy about it. I think that's I think that's really true, and I think I think that's what's lovely about mischief is actually there's a really great sense of that group mind. And then within that, you have different cast members who all bring something incredibly unique, which actually is kind of the same with with Stopper and Austin. It's that mm. we're all in it together, but actually we're all, there's no peas in a pod, really. There's yeah. lots of, of very different people creating something um, that works. I remember when I like. Ruth came in for a, for a couple of weeks or like a week to cover, um, she she really enjoyed it and she had a lot of fun um and she was great obviously a very experienced improviser and um i remember her just saying like after the first two shows like how are you finding it and because she had so much experience she was kind of just very easy and was just like yeah yeah it's really good she was like but i said what's the biggest difference between that and the other shows and she was like mm. this show is so fast and she was like it's quite hard to keep up sometimes because you're just it's it's a much more uh, she was like, it's a much rockier ride as where other shows <laughs> feel a bit more gentle like you yes. come out you do a song you you improvise some scenes as where she was like you're just constantly being pinballed around and smashed around and people <laughs> shouting pause and you have to like leg it and just do something else and then leg it back which yeah. I think she quite enjoyed but did you yeah. find that yeah I, I would completely agree and I think that's I guess I think that's it and I think it is. Um, that is quite joyful because again, you're sort of, it was just so nice to do something that was improv is never your comfort zone. And that's, what's lovely about it. But to do mm. something that, that felt like, Oh, I've never done this before. What is happening? <laughs> Why? This is <laughs> where everyone is very excited and fast. Oh, okay. You know, and then also to, yeah, to kind of think, well, how do I adapt? And then also how do I kind of take, people with me in scenes where definitely I think at the beginning there were moments where I would come on with an offer and I just remember the boys kind of stopping their scene and looking at me as if to be like what on earth is she doing and wanting to wanting to listen but also just being like I don't quite understand what's happening here whether yeah. it was kind of a walk-on or a, a different offer or and so adapting yourself and thinking oh okay I'm not 
I'm not being as clear there as I could have been with my intention because actually we don't know each other well enough yet to mm. for that to be for me to be I need to be more explicit I suppose um if that makes sense until we know each other better but I think and that's what comes of kind of having improvised with the same people for a long time is you do learn to sort of be like oh okay I think I know what you're going for here because I know you so I've I've kind of got a sense I think of what of what this offer is whereas mm. with mischief it was like oh you don't know me so you don't know so I haven't been clear enough here have I and that just that look of kind of we want to we want to go with you but we don't quite know what you're doing <laughs> so then yeah. I'd be like okay um I'm just gonna leave you do it <laughs> I'll, a weird I'll come thing, back in there, a bit of like you you want to you want to attend to somebody's offer but at the same time like their offer might just be like a quick joke and then they're out and that's what's funny yeah, about exactly. it and you're going oh no you've you've given me actually way too much space here i, I just yeah i'm i'm gonna go now bye and it becomes <laughs> like a weird moment as well i, I love know those. like i love those i think if you know if like harry's coming on into a scene that i'm doing i'm like great he's probably got s- something story-based that's yeah. going to impact the story as where yeah, i kind of sure. know if henry lewis is coming on I'm going, great, he's building a game, he's building a joke. <laughs> and my job yeah. is just to play the whole thing out front while Hen just upstages and does something funny behind me. And then yeah. once that's done, we kind of go back. And I know what you mean, like, and obviously that's not just like a blanket rule for Harry and Hen. They do different things all the time, but it's kind of, yeah, like what I've come to expect from them and what I understand what my part is in that. That's yes. where you're right, like if we don't know you as well, we're just like, okay, what kind of... What kind of what, what kind of thing is this? And yeah, then, I think that was exactly it. Just yeah. that that look of of like, oh, she's she's doing something. Um, what is it? What, <laughs> and then, what, do you, what do you need from me? Exactly, yeah. and I think that was really most of those memories for me are when we were at the Vaudeville. So it was just that first week of kind of getting to know each other. And I would say now that's by the by by the I don't know the middle of the of the streamed run it was it's like oh now we we get it you get Mm. me and I've come to understand you and I know I know you so much better so that language and that those those building blocks are there now so now we can just have fun yeah Um, I think that was that was definitely well that actually leads on to the next question which is kind of two two questions separately I think this person's name I think it's Elion Budden, Elian okay. Budden. It's like E, and then yep. Lion. Did Amazing. Elian or E Lion, like an electronic lion. I'm not going to try. I'm just going to leave that to you. So you E-Lion. you have fun with that, and I'll just say thank like, you very much for the question. I quite like the name Elian, e- Elian or Elion. Which one do you prefer? Um, Elian, Elion, Elian, Elian, Elian. That's nice. Yeah, let's mm. go with Elian. We like okay, the Elian. Answers on a postcode. Elian. Um, <laughs> Answers on a postcode. Not a postcode. <laughs> e postcode. E17. Just don't send me your postcode. Do not send me your postcode. <laughs> Do not wish. Um, all right. So um, Elian asks, first question, comedy question. Do you have a thing for Dave's biceps? A hundred percent. I did spend one show just squeezing your biceps when I was the slightly pervy old cleaner. Yeah, there was a few bicep businesses. And also, you know, you've got biceps on me. You've got smelling me. You've got... Oh, dear. Um, there was another one where... I can't remember what it was. It was like... 
I think you inappropriate workplace behavior. It was some kind of inappropriate thing, and then I was like, "You can't do that," and you were like, "Can't I?" And then we just had an amusing exchange on stage. It was all all good, though. I would like to take this opportunity to apologize to you in a public forum. Um, You're very kind. Thank you. I did not feel um, at any point abused. I should say that publicly as well. It wasn't me. It was the pervy cleaner. Pervy cleaner. Very good. Very good. Tick that box. But no, okay. So Elliot asked now a serious question. All right. Okay, great. And they've said a serious They're covering their bases. I like it. And they're covering it all. How was it getting on the same madness bandwidth as the rest of the cast? So I felt like you were kind of moving towards this beforehand about kind of calibrating with the the show. Yes. Yes. It was really, really fun. (laughs) And I think, and I think it is, it definitely, it was that thing of just, of a, of a gear change, you know, and also because we hadn't, uh, I hadn't improvised for a while because of, of lockdown. So it was getting on the madness bandwidth, which is a lovely phrase. Mm. Um, but also kind of getting back into improv and performing as well. So it was, it was really joyful. And I think the great thing about mischief is just the, because it's so obvious how much you all love and respect each other. So to be, to be part of that just was really joyful. And I think from the very beginning, you were so lovely and welcoming and reassuring, which for someone like me who um, thrives on <laughs> feedback and uh, is quite praise oriented. Sure, <laughs> yum, yum, yum. sure, that's good. That that really helped. So it was it was kind of permission was given to to kind of jump on quickly and go with the madness like a sort of moving train it kind of was like okay well this is what this is so either I jump on this train and it's fun and joyful or I stand in the station saying um (laughs) I'm not sure what's happening when is the train departing (laughs) when I don't have a timetable (laughs) and I haven't packed appropriately so yeah I think it was again a really lovely opportunity to give up control and and just jump in and it and it is really hard with any improv show when you're doing narrative and there are lots of you on stage and you have and you have ideas as to kind of where the story might be going or which characters should you be kind of giving oxygen to you know and so I think that's why my favorite shows are always the ones where you're quite quickly all on the same page Mm. um and some and that's just the lovely the magic of it and sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't and if it doesn't that's okay and it will still be a one it can still be a wonderful show but if it does and you've got the madness but you're also you know you don't have that feeling when you come off where you think I don't think I was in the same show as Mm, those other improvisers today. I wasn't quite in that show. And that's just the, the wonderful, frustrating, brilliant, heartbreaking nature of improv is that you are always going to have those shows where you think, Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't there. (laughs) I didn't get on the train. I missed, I, I didn't, it went and I, and I tried, I jumped, (laughs) but it waved from the station. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some sort of World War Two heroine. I had a, I had like a little handkerchief. 
and yeah. I was sort of running alongside it for a while. Be like, um, I'm here, help me. <laughs> help me, someone. I think the train metaphor is quite good, actually. It's sort of like, oh, thank you so much. Mm. It's like a, yeah, it's like a runaway train. And mm. I suppose if you're joining it, you're joining mischief. Like we're all on the train, yeah. like, beckoning you to come on. And like, I think like, that's it. Yeah, you. But ultimately, yeah, you you have to kind of sprint after it and eventually leap onto it Jump. because the I think show that's exactly kind of already it. exists. Yeah, yeah. And like, we're and I think that's what was lovely. You got to. I think that's it. You, you all, you were on the train, but you all kind of had your arms out, being like, "Come on, we'll we'll catch you." So it wasn't mm. kind of like we're on the train. If you want to get on, that's fine, but you know, we're in the buffet car and we're loading up <laughs> on we're loading scrambled up eggs. oysters. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I love it. You chose oysters, I chose scrambled eggs. Yeah, that good protein. That is telling. Um, <laughs> I hate oysters. So, <laughs> yeah, and I'm a vegan. Um, so, yeah, I think that was it. I think it was, it was, it was joyful and it was lovely and that was very much in part because of how welcoming and supportive you all were and actually I have to say especially the women mm. from the very beginning when it was rehearsals and it was the vaudeville run with with Nancy and Bryony there was just such a sense of um and with Ashani um as well who's our um one of our wonderful pianists a real kind of women supporting women vibe Mm. um which is just delicious um and and of course the men as well but let's give a shout out to the incredible women and then obviously ellie came later as well and so just that lovely um that lovely vibe was also really great so yeah, yeah in part because of you and then like you said just that decision to kind of um jump on yeah i thought you, you it was it never really felt like at any point there was like a, even really a teething process I think mm. like there was probably a few of those moments, as you say, that where we would sort of look at each other and be like, "So what? What are you? What are, what are you doing now?" <laughs> and it's like, oh, "I'm just, I'm just here. What are you doing? Like, oh, I'm here yeah, as well." But then yeah. actually, like I think, like you say, we we kind of moved on pretty quick, and I think part of that was actually moving it into the the streaming as well because yeah, we were completely in a, in a new comfort zone, well, out of our comfort zone with this kind of new format, and mm. even though we'd been doing the show for years, it was like oh, well, we're all doing this for the first time. So it feels kind of like everyone's sort of just figuring it out. And actually, I think those sort of things require quite a lot of attack, don't they? Because if you sort of try and feel your way through, then you don't really ever find out what it is. But then actually, if you just go, fuck it, let's just go for it and see what happens, then you can yeah. end up with a uh, hopefully I think that's a really good. good point. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I, and I feel like for the first few shows... I was definitely doing, the, I was definitely doing the wrong thing you just said <laughs> initially of being like, right, okay, what is this? Um, what are the rules? How do I yeah. control this new thing? Who, you know, and then moved into the, exactly what you said of kind of, oh, actually, we've just got to, um, got to embrace it and, and go for it. But it, it, it took me a while, definitely. Um, yeah, and it is tricky. And I think like, I had a kind of weird, a weird like epiphany after, I think it was the the Temple of the Red Giraffe show, mm-hmm. which was near the end. It was, I think it was potentially my last one or the penultimate one. And it was like the most fun I'd had in a very long time. Yay. Because it was like a weird 
thing of going, this show is completely out of control. Yeah. Um, and I was sort of in the center of it with Nance trying to kind of quarterback the whole thing. Yeah. But it just meant that like, I would just walk to the next scene and a whole bunch of weird stuff would happen to me. And then I would walk into another scene and it, it actually was a complete surrender of control. Just been like, okay, yeah. eventually we're going to get to this temple and something will happen. But actually in the meantime, we're just messing about and having a lot of fun. And I think, yeah, it was that, it was the first time that I was like, oh, I really actually don't know what's going on. I just yeah. know I need to get to the temple. That's it. Yeah. I think that's so, I think that's so great. I think that's a really lovely analogy for these narrative improv shows as well of, I don't know what's going on, but I do know I need to get to the temple. So you've got A to, you know, somewhere much later up the alphabet, mm. maybe M, and then you're going to have lots of fun and games in between, but you're kind of narratively keeping your eye on, okay, I know what needs to happen, but I mustn't be so obsessed with that that I lose connection and I lose that sense of fun and that idea of improvisation is not fun when it works it works when it's fun and the minute we all start thinking what on earth is happening what can I do for the story you know and you start looking down and then you're not really in the moment on stage you're kind of off stage frantically thinking how can I help and I think that's it for me. The minute I start thinking, how can I help? <laughs> I know I'm screwed because it's yeah. like, oh, you're frantically worrying about how you can help, which means you're not helping because you're not listening. So you're not thinking about what the show needs. It's like, you here's know. a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Deal with that. Yeah, exactly. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Stand on the side and frown <laughs> so everyone thinks you're having a terrible time. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, it's um, what a gift. So I'm, I'm going to bring this into your diagram now that you've drawn. I don't know what you mean. You, I don't know what you're talking that about. That you deny. No. Um, <laughs> but this is a question from Sarah Cardwell. Asks, what is your proudest uh, mischief moment? Ooh, that's not on my diagram. I love that question. Oh, my well proudest, done. my proudest. Gosh, that's really tricky, isn't it? I think... Well, we can circle back to it. We can, we can burn some time. No, no, with... I, I like it. I, I like it. Um, I think maybe, I think New Year's Eve, when we did, which I think was the cat in the habit with no, <laughs> featuring no cats, mm. um, the nun one. Yeah. I feel like that for me was a really proud moment because it was the culmination of this incredibly weird new thing that we'd all done. And obviously huge props to the amazing people who pulled it all together and made it happen. And then we came in and <laughs> were the idiots messing around on stage. But yeah. there was a sense of kind of, of th that bit has ended and we've done it. And we've and we might have made New Year's Eve more fun for people than it may have been without this. I don't want mm. to get into like, you know, we have shared our gift with the world. But You're welcome. May maybe that was fun for some people. Yeah. And and the show I thought was an, a lovely mischief mix of mayhem, but also there was emotional connection and there was change and there was some nice story in there. Mm. Um, 
and we all sort of came together at the end. I, I think for me, that was a really lovely. And then I feel like there was just a moment where you and I were sort of sitting and then Bryony was doing her lovely song and we all kind of gathered together. And then Niall, who is obviously one of the world's best humans, just, I think it was Niall, came and kind of put that orange shawl um, really softly around my shoulders. And I just thought, well, that's that's nice. And then we all sort of, thank you. And we sung a song and said Happy New Year and... It felt sort of, it just felt lovely and really, and kind of like, oh, and did we know at that point we were going to do more of those? Did we, I think we I think we, we? I think we were announcing that evening, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, then the sense of, oh, we did it and we, and we get to do more of it. And we deserve more. And that's really more. lovely. <laughs> <laughs> we deserve everything what else do you have on your diagram is it like favorite moments or like... i don't know what you mean i don't know what you mean davis oh well, uh... do you have any if, if you were to have a diagram <laughs> a spider diagram what do you yeah, think would be sure. on it um in terms of favorite moments but just in general like if it was about this interview and if it was about this prep oh, and okay the form of a spider diagram <laughs> i wonder what would be on there I wonder what would be on there. Some of what we've already talked about probably would be on there. So New Year's Eve and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it might say some stuff about, um, yeah, just my favourite moments and how, what I love about, what I really loved about Mischief Movie Night was the so many silly moments, but also lots of lovely emotional moments. And that thing of... um, you know, you in improv, you don't really want to do silly plus silly. But if you can do silly plus moving, then you get something really lovely. And there were so many silly moments. And also the moments, I feel like, I feel like um, moments, moments off stage that I'm not even sure if I can describe how funny they were, but those moments where you think, so for example, when I, in the pantomime Dame one, um, I hadn't been on stage yet. And I think most of the cast had, and they'd done really amazing work on panto sort of um, archetypes. So Ellie mm. was love, was a really great sort of Cinderella-esque character. And then you had the ugly sisters or the bad stepmom and all that sort of stuff. And I was thinking, oh, what can I add? You know, what's a sort of good panto trope? <laughs> and then I thought, oh, I could, maybe I could do a pantomime dame. And I caught nice. Jonathan's eye and I thought, oh, I'll just, I'll just tell Jonathan. That's what I'm thinking from kind of the other side of the bunker. I'll sort of signal to him I've had an idea just so he knows I've got something in mind. Cause I was, I think the only one who hadn't qu- quite been on. And mm. but instead of just saying, instead of just mouthing pantomime dame, to him I just started sort of miming having an enormous pair of breasts (laughs) to John across the room and obviously he caught my eye and then just thought what what on earth is she doing what is what's happening and because it's John and he's wonderful he sort of was doing like a polite polite sort of questioning face as I just stood on the other side of the stage sort of repeatedly miming having an enormous pair of breasts to him over and over again. Um, so I think some of my fondest memories are the silly things like that that happen 
off stage where yeah. you sort of get the giggles on the side. Or when we did that murder mystery and there was a shot rang, or, rang out and you just turned to me and said, I think you're dead, mate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was so early on, wasn't it? We had that shot. Really and early. It was just like, oh, okay. Well, oh, now we've just got to scramble and figure this out. I think you're, I think you're dead, mate. Um, yeah. So l- l- sort of background moments I love. I love, yeah. Um, I yeah. And obviously special mention to Niall's um, space, space, space song, which the was the boldest beginning. The boldest beginning and so wonderful and helpful because that was yeah. our first show, wasn't it? And I think we'd had a bit I of a was, shaky first scene. Yeah, and I was really nervous. And Niall doing that coming out made me laugh so much that then I sort of was back in the room and back yeah, in my it, body and it black out like halfway through him <laughs> yes. starting the song and you're just like well it can't go worse than that so uh <laughs> because he in. went full fussy didn't he so he was yeah. giving it like the clicks and the bended knees space 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 and then black out and so he was just frozen on stage oh, so good I it really was remember so that. That good was the first show, yeah and it was such a gift because it broke the spell of we're all slightly sort rabbits in the headlights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah I, I love um, that. Hold on, let me just check the time. What are we on? Okay, we're on 55 minutes, all right? Oh, my goodness. So I'm actually going to skip us into the final section. Oh, this which is we're huge. Gonna do, we're going to do very, very quickly. We're going to do okay. it in under five minutes because oh it is goodness. the quick fire section. So, okay, I'm ready. Um, I need a quick fire jingle. Go. Uh, quick fire, quick fire. What's that sound? Quick fire, quick fire. Don't turn around. <laughs> Very good. Don't turn around. Thanks. There's somebody quick firing you. Okay, so exactly the final that. section, we yeah. will. I will. I will. Um, I will ask you a bunch of questions. And you just okay. answer them fast as you can. Are you ready? Okay, I'm having a panic attack. Just FYI. Good. This is this. That's the state I need you in. All right. <laughs> okay. What is your favourite colour? Red. Do you prefer texting or talking? Oh, talking. If you were an animal, what animal would you be? Dormouse. If you could describe yourself as a dessert, what would that be? Ooh, lemon meringue pie. Um, a lemon meringue pie. <laughs> okay, great. Is you a Jasper cake a cake or a biscuit? It's a biscuit. Describe yourself in three words. Stupid, anxious clown. <laughs> very, very good. If you were one of the 52 playing cards, which one would you be? Ooh, queen of hearts. <laughs> nice. What is in your pockets right now? Um... Absolutely nothing. My jeans are clean on. <laughs> Perfect. What is your favourite film? Oh, uh, Sense and Sensibility, Emma Thompson, nice. Always and Forever, Perfection. Uh, what age is the best age? Oh, now, this one, 39. Perfect. And finally, who would be the best person from mischief to be trapped on a desert island with? No! <laughs> oh, no! Oh, can I take all my women? You can take one woman no i can't do that okay then they're um, i'm afraid they're all dead and you're alone no! and that's the end of the <laughs> quick fire round dave you can't do that to someone who thrives on company i'm that's sorry you've, you've you've killed yourself we know Can you I haven't you've you. killed everyone you you i'll take you Can yeah I'm take you? i did i'm i i i was i was up for coming but the, you okay. took too long and i went to a different island Oh God! Yeah. This is so Ironically, with I... with the ladies from Mischief, so um, it was. Oh, um, can't I? Why can't 
there with you. No, because you're on your own island. That's not how, this, that's not how it works. I really don't want to be on my own island. Oh, I've got sorry. such FOMO. The worst bit is, is you can actually see us. No! Um, <laughs> across, across the way. Um, oh, can you see me? I'm waving. Yeah, but we're choosing to ignore you. That's the... Why? But you can't... <laughs> you can't... <laughs> You can't tell if we just haven't seen you. And so you're you're going slowly crazy being like, have they not seen me or are they choosing not to see me? And you, me, you don't this know. Is, this is legit my secondary school. <laughs> this is not, <laughs> this, I'm having PTSD flashbacks. Um, and then after a while, a little bridge comes up between the two. <gasps> oh. yeah, so there you go. It worked out like well in the end. My life from university onwards. So it's a great go. metaphor. Yeah. And then we stream live stream from the island oh and yeah. all our lovely zoom audiences are there and they're all there having a great time Coconut shout out phones. actually to our audiences let's do that because our audiences yeah. were so and all the fan art and the yeah, tweets the fan art was amazing legendary um now before we go do you have any um book tv podcast any recommendations for people <gasps> stuck indoors oof. for this trying time oof um book tv podcast i've just finished um girl woman other by bernadine evaristo and actually i'm nice. just gonna start reading it again because i feel like it's a book that will really benefit from a second read because it's quite um fragmented in a really amazing way mm. um but good to kind of go back once you know all the characters so read that twice <laughs> um good. marilyn robinson if Oh, if people haven't discovered her books, she is one of the cleverest women alive. I love her. Um, nice. Podcasts. I mean, it's always Adam Buxton, isn't it? It's always Buckles. I yeah. I think he's wonderful. Um, yeah, that those would be my re- recommendations. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Hey, this has been so fun. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's and, been um, a delight. You You have been excellent. I Thanks, have friend. been Dave Wonderful. Hearn, possibly You've tepid. been delectable, I would say. <laughs> I've Pull been back. delectable. Um, and then us- usual, you know, spiel. Keep an eye yeah. out for the next episode. Follow 100%. us on social media. Um, Who's next? Do you know? Um, I think I'm doing, um, I've done the boys. I've got, uh, I think I'm going to do Adam Megiddo. And um, I'm doing David Howe, the uh, lighting designer for. Mate, what range? Bank Such range. And magic. So there you go. Two excellent men. Um, usually I sign off, actually, but do you want to sign off? Oh, mate, no, sign off. I, I've, I just say I've thanks for talked... listening and keep making mischief. Do you want okay, to say, say that? that? You should say that. Yeah. Let's say it together. Could you do that as your pantomime dame? <laughs> thanks for listening and keep making mischief. Um, okay. Well, how did she sound? I've completely forgot. What Was she sort of, was she a cock, was she sort of cockneyish? I can't remember. That sounds I about right to me. I don't know what she sounded like. My double entendres. Oh, thank you very much. Maybe she was like this. Thank you yeah, very much for listening. Right. What? So what is it? Thank you for listening. Thanks for and... listening and keep making mischief. Maybe a knee slap at the end. Okay, I'm I'm ready. Thanks for listening. And oh, you know, oh no, she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing okay, i've fallen at the final take hurdle we'll, we'll use what you, let's go for take uh, two double entendres what did she sound like no okay i'm just gonna do it northern it's a northern woman here she comes yeah it's happening thanks for listening and no and now i've forgotten what to say <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening and keep yeah. making mischief okay Lisa. here we go
Knee slap and Take out. three. Here we go. <laughs> Thanks for listening and keep making mischief. Oh, if you know what I mean. Double entendre. <laughs> you can't say oh, if you know what I mean. Double I can oh. and I did. Also, I knee slap <laughs> sounded like someone else did it in another room. Yes, that is true. <laughs> Hold on, how does this sound? Is this quite a loud one? Okay, go. Mm, sounds more like a sort of um, catapult being flicked. A sort of trebuchet um, of comedy. All right, try this. How's this one? Yeah, that was good. That oh, was, was that really good? good? Yeah. Okay. All right, let's go again. Okay, I'll do it with four. a better knee slap. Take four. Thanks for listening and keep making mischief. Oh, double entendre. <laughs> <laughs> 